Hey, good to um, sing with you all and worship together, and um, especially our praise team. Man, you guys sounded better than the the professional CDs. I mean, man, that last song was so good to sing this way. Um, and we're going to spend a little time, and I'm going to share with us from what's known as the greatest sermon ever given by the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes up uh, the group of his followers, and some of them are... Um, teenagers, high school age, and they go up on a hillside and he tells them uh, this idea of being blessed and it changes history forever. You know, I was um, interested on this word blessed and we use it so much nowadays, you know, hashtag I'm blessed, right? So this morning I looked it up on Instagram and the top posts that Instagram showed me with that hashtag blessed, right? It included some funny things. It included, you know, the woman doing yoga with the sunset, and, you know, it makes it look so peaceful and natural. But, you know, it took a lot of work to get that perfect pose. The guy who does CrossFit and has to show off some of his muscles. There was a guy, um, one post, he had three watches on one arm, and he said, I'm blessed because I have three watches I don't know what he was blessed about, the watches, or that he has an arm, or whatever it was, right? Um, and the lady who had new, a new hairstyle that was kind of purple and curly, and she used some hair product, and she says she's blessed, right, over these things. And um, one of the things that I want us to think about, right, is this word blessed is this idea that uh, when Jesus uses the word blessed, it is for eternal blessings, things that last forever. Now, let's look at, think about that. The person with the three watches on his arm, those watches will eventually go out of style. They might break. Um, they'll be kind of useless, whatever it is. Uh, the young lady who's doing yoga at the sunset will one day not be able to do that kind of pose, right? Um, but we look here at this idea of it being a blessed life. Um, we use the word beatitudes when this was written. When this is written in the Latin, it's the word beatus, which meant blessed. So we get the word beatitudes from the Latin word uh, that was used to describe this section. But so blessed life, what does that look like? He describes an inward condition and outward characteristics. Something that happens on the inside. Jesus says these things need to think about these from our hearts. Does this happen? Does this look like what I'm going through? Number one, look at verse three. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit. Uh, obviously, the word poor is the opposite. What's the opposite word for the word poor? Anyone know? Rich, right? So rich means I have a lot. Poor means I don't have much. Poor means I have little. Someone who has an attitude that says to God, I have little to give you. I don't have anything to offer you. Now, um, we have obviously a lot of moms and dads and kids here. And for all of you kids, and all of us at one point, we were kids. So whether we, you know, we think about this, our relationship with, with our parents, do they give you things because, boy, you pay them money or you were born with it or in kindergarten you got a job and you're able to pay things off you know, you're helping with the mortgage, you're helping with rent, uh, you're paying for the food you're eating. No, you're born into it. Okay, well, why do, 
why does mom and dad pay for all this stuff for me? Why do they let me live in their house for free? Is it because I got on the honor roll? Is it because I'm good at baseball? Well, why is that? It's simply because you're their child. No other reason. You can't go and pay them back. It's not because your craft during Mother's Day was so nice. She says, okay, another year I will feed you and, and clothe you. No, it's just because you're their child. What he's saying here is you can't approach God and say, God, I have a lot to offer you. Imagine a, a five-year-old going to mom and dad and said, mom, dad, I want to pay for rent. I'm going to help you out. Can't do that. They don't have anything to give. Poor in spirit, right? It's interesting uh, John Stott has a quote, and he says that, in the latter part of his quote that I want to just highlight, those who interpret the Sermon on the Mount as law and not gospel stumble at this sentence. So there are some people that will look at this and say, okay, these are the things I have to do. Here's a list of eight things I have to do in order to become a, a child of God. The first thing you have to do is to say, God, I have nothing to give you. This is gospel. This is the good news. And so it humbles us to come before him. Now, uh, the second description we see is that those who mourn, right? blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 4, those who mourn. No one thinks mourning has anything to do with being blessed. So someone doesn't put a post up of a mourning or tears or hardships and say, hashtag blessed. We don't think of it that way. What is he talking about here? Mourning over our own sins. Mourning over our own brokenness. When I did something wrong, it's not that I am mourning the fact that I got caught. It's mourning that I hurt someone else. I hurt God. Right? Uh, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, it tells us. Thirdly, verse 5, for they shall inherit the, inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Word meek is sometimes translated as today's word in English. It's weakness, timid, shy, quiet. And these are qualities we think, boy, it's no good. Especially in our day and age, it's very similar to how the secular culture of uh, the first century was like, the Greco-Roman culture. They looked at humility or meekness as a sort of a, a weakness. It's bad. You got to speak up. You have to go and win everything. You have to become famous and you have to become honored. And uh, there is a word, a term that even Aristotle um, had coined and had used to teach. He says that we have to be people of philotimia, the love of honor. You ought to love it. You ought to love that everyone recognizes. You ought to love this. Well, Jesus is no, you have to be timid before God. You have to be timid before others. The idea of timid is strength under control, right? Strength under control. That's the picture. How many of you, just don't say it out loud, but just show your hands, how many of you like basketball, right? Grown-ups, kids, yeah, we have basketball. Don't say it out loud, but how many of you like the Lakers? Raise your hand, right? All right? And um, tough, we got to pray for you guys, right? So it's tough. Now, back in the days, you watch a basketball game and a fight would break out and guys would run off the bench and they would just fight and everyone would fight. And recently they made a rule, if you leave the bench, you're suspended. Suspended, you can't play. 
They're, you're going to lose money because you're not playing, and it's going to cost you. And so nowadays, when some dispute or fight breaks out, everyone has to stay on the bench. The coaches make sure their players stay on the bench. And that's the kind of maybe a picture of this idea of meekness, power under control. Not the person who wins and fights. It's not the Incredible Hulk who says, I can't control myself and I'm going to go break something. It's power under control. They shall inherit the earth. What God is saying is, you don't have to go get it yourself. I'm going to give it to you. You don't have to go and fight for it yourself. I'm fighting for you. Control it. Um, Pure in heart. Fourthly, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart... This is an impossibility. And this is where the good news of the gospel comes in. Because if I try to do everything, and my, I'm saying even my motives are wrong. And you know, this is where flattery comes in. You might tell someone, oh gosh, I love your new haircut. But in your heart, you're like, oh, that looks bad, right? Or boy, I just love, you know, for your outfit, it looks so good. But in your heart, you're like, oh, I would never wear that or um, whatever it is. How do we deal with the heart? So even here, Jesus is saying, here's an impossibility. Pure in heart, the Pharisees would just be hypocrites and they would act apart, but their hearts were far from God. It wasn't pure. So he gives us this pure heart. He allows us this to happen, right? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Boy, man, this is something I want in my life. And I want another. So what does this look like on the outward characteristics? This is the last part, and I want you to stay with me here. So inwardly, I go to God, empty, nothing, and he just changes me, gives me a new heart. What does that look like on the outside? First uh, is verse 7, we become merciful. Blessed are the merciful, they, they shall receive mercy. Everyone say merciful. One, two, three. Merciful. Mercy or merciful is now demonstrating and giving in to someone, giving them chances. And the child of God is able to do this not because they are so good, but because we have received so much, right? And let me ask you this. Who do you need to forgive today? Who do you need to show mercy to? Even kids, who is it at school? Boy, someone just bothered you and someone just hurt your feelings and you really want to just, uh, you know, but who can you show mercy to? Right? And how important that is because we have been shown much mercy in our lives. Remember uh, several years back, I went to the mall, uh, uh, outlet mall with my wife, and this happened to be the day before Christmas, right? Never go there the day before Christmas, but we went there. Thought it'd be fun. Let's go buy something. And I dropped her off, and I was looking for a parking spot. And you know, there are unwritten rules when you're getting a parking spot. Those of you in high school, these are things that the DMV doesn't teach you. Turn on your signal. What does that mean? Once your signal is on, it means it's mine, right? Like, so I had my signal on, this person's backing out, and I was just waiting peacefully. Car backs out, and I see this little car, little brown car making a turn, and starts coming in. So I'm like, okay, signal's on. Unwritten rule number one, signal's on, right? Thou shall not think about this, my signal's on. And so I'm waiting, and then the car backs out in a way that I have to wait till the car leaves, and as the car is leaving, this little car goes, and takes my spot. Now, some of us, maybe most of us, that has happened to you, or a scenario like that. And I roll down the window, 
And first of all, I gave the universal sign language in, it's not what you're thinking, right? It was the, the palms in the air, like, you know, you know, this has so many meanings. Like, what are you thinking? Are you out of your mind? Hello, I'm here. And I gave the, you know, and this little girl pops out. Girl, but maybe college age, and she pops out. And she looks at me, she locks her car. And I said, hey, hey, I said, hey. Uh, you know, and I thought maybe she just didn't say, well, signal was on. Hey, my hand, I even raised my hands. My signal was on. And she looked at me, and she looked at me, and she smiled. She goes, too bad. And she shrugs her shoulders like she was really cute as she walked away, right? And at that point, it was the Incredible Hulk, you know, uh, was about to come out. And I was like, Lord, send down hail the size of, you know, bowling balls on just that car. God, may all of her credit cards get declined all day today. God, may she never find her size, I mean, her shoes or whatever. And it was just deep breath, deep breath. Um. The world would say, boy, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. You ought to film yourself doing it. Boy, that would be so cool. But here's a picture. Not easy. It's impossible unless God allows us things to happen, right? The second outward characteristic we see in this list is being a peacemaker. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Everyone say peacemaker. One, two, three. Peacemaker. You're called to be a peacemaker. You're called if, it doesn't matter if you're on the playground in elementary school or so-and-so has said something mean about your friend in high school or even the workplace, even as a grown-up. If you have the power and the influence, you ought to make peace. Pretty basic. Intervene between two parties and make sure they get along. Blessed are the peacemakers, uh, for they shall be called sons of God. This term, sons of God, back in the day, it was the sons who had received the inheritance. So the idea is, boy, you, this is your identity as a peace, as a follower of God, you are a peacemaker. Can you change anyone? We can't change anyone, but if we could change and help a little bit, we will do. Uh, Romans 12, 18 says, if uh, those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so this list we look here has nothing to do with the jewelry we have on our arms or the, the places that we go to be or the poses we can have on the sunset or the, the vacations or the spots we go to because those things all come and they go. They're usually not as good as we thought they would be. We go and it's done. You are eternal beings. That means your source of blessedness must come from something greater than temporal things. Think about this. Now I just want to close with this thought. Think about yourself when you were five, if you can remember, six, kindergarten age. What were the things that brought you joy back then? Look back at now, you're like, I didn't want those things. I didn't care about those toys. I'm not going to play in that playground anymore. Things change. But what allows us to have this kind of blessedness is the joy we have in Jesus Christ. Everyone said amen? Amen. One more time, amen? Amen. All right. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. We thank you, God, for all of the blessings, the little temporary things in life, the, the successes and joys, 
But God, those things don't make us that high and the hard times in life don't make us so low because our ultimate source of blessing comes through you, Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate these little ones, our young ones, as they grow up. And Lord, as they now uh, grow up in your family, we as your covenant people of God, Lord, we want to see them grow up and to know you. So would you bless them as they move up to the next ministry here at church, help them to know you. We pray also for the Japan team who is selling uh, their fundraiser today and preparing to go. Would you be with them as they leave in a little bit? We pray for those going to Mississippi as well in a couple weeks. As they prepare, would you watch over them? God, help us, Lord, to find our blessing ultimately in you. May it come always through you. We give you thanks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.